All right, welcome to episode eight of our uh, Boy Meets World podcast that we call Sean's Lost Siblings. Um, since this is a even episode, um, I'll go ahead and give the synopsis. Uh, this episode is called Teacher's Bet. And in this particular episode, uh, Corey makes a bet with Mr. Feeney um, that he can teach the class better than he can because he believes that uh, teaching is easy and never changes. And uh, they, the, the subject they, that he teaches is around prejudice in the social studies class. And um, Corey ends up like learning a uh, a lesson about how difficult teaching really is. And I want to share the the actual written uh, synopsis. I think this is actually one of the better ones because this I feel like this episode is particularly difficult to to maybe give him one shot. Um, the The synopsis written on Disney Plus is Corey learns that teaching isn't as easy as one two three. Yeah. Not bad, right? <laughs> Four, five, six, maybe. <laughs> so uh, this episode opens up in the cafeteria, um, and Sean shows up with a newspaper and says he has like a great article for Corey to read. And Corey says something to the effect of 40, like, it's about Barry Bonds. Yeah, 42 and, million, six years. Yeah, $43 million man is what they call him, yeah. over six years. Um, Minkus happens to be standing there with them, and and Minkus is, seems to be appalled that that Barry Bonds is making so much money. Yes, over $7 million a year. Yeah, yeah, and Minkus does the math in his head immediately. Um, and I just want to uh, stop and mention, like, this is, what, the third time we've heard about, heard about Barry Bonds in this season yeah, already? Yeah, because of the Bat Boy. And... Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I, he must have been really big then. Um, yeah, and the, I think this was pre, like, steroids in baseball. Maybe. Like, I mean... Pre, like while they were taking the steroids, but before the scandal started coming out and they mm-hmm. started making a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. So, no, and it comes up later in the episode too, but $43 million right now, there's baseball players, I feel like they make that in two years. Um, right? Maybe even some that make it really close in one. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Feeney does bring that up when mm-hmm. Corey says he'll be making $6 million a year. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's poultry to what most ball players will be making then. That's right. And uh, he's not far off because there's no. ball players making $30 million a year. Yeah, I remember Ryan Howard for the Phillies was making somewhere in the 20s, I yeah. thought, right? Maybe even low 30s? Yeah, this was hockey, though. $7 million a year would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it actually would. <laughs> I'd really be like a higher end player right now. Yeah. Um, so Minkus is appalled when he hears that it's it's, uh, it's like over $7 million. And he mentions that, well, Corey argues that um, Barry Bonds is one of the best ball players uh, in, in the major leagues right now. And Minkus argues that Mr. Feeney is one of the best teachers um, and that he only makes about $40,000 a year. Yeah. And both Sean and Corey are like, that's messed up. And Minkus is like, I know. And and their point is that he makes too much money. <laughs> $40,000. And Minkus is uh, clearly like, uh, he says uh, Mr. Feeney is grossly underpaid. Yeah. Um, which he's right. I think so. <laughs> I don't know what 40000 was back in the early 90s. But, yeah. um, I mean, it was enough to buy him a nice house. Um, but I guess know, so. I mean, 40000 not that Yeah, much. even then. Yeah, it wasn't. Because no. if you think about it, like his tenure... Yes. When I was in school, uh, okay, at least when I was in high school, there were six-figure teachers. Yes. I've been teaching for over over 10 years, so this isn't that far off. It's not like salaries would double, so he should be much higher. Yeah, so school districts, um, in our area, they usually have like 12 steps, Mm -hmm. um, which are vertical steps. Each year, you Mm -hmm. move one vertical step and make more and more money, and then they also have horizontal steps based on education level. Yeah. In our area, teachers start 40, 45. 
and then the upper end changes based on the school district. Like Philadelphia is around 85, whereas yeah. some of the school districts in the suburbs, 110. Mm-hmm. Um, you move out of Southeast PA, and then there's teachers that start at 40, and then they don't go above 50. So That's crazy. teaching nationally is still drastically underpaid. I wonder if they were um, if they were trying to convey that problem in here. Because like, it really wouldn't relate to someone, theoretically, of his tenure. You would assume he's been around for a long time. He could theoretically be new to the district or the school. He could be. But I think they were trying to deliver well, that message that teachers are underpaid. I can't because imagine he should be on the higher end. He's that new because there's points right. where Corey mentions, like, you were my teacher from kindergarten to, <laughs> to graduation. So he's been there seven years. Yes. yes. And then following Corey. Mm-hmm. So Corey's explanation for why uh, Mr. Feeney's overpaid is he basically says that uh, that nothing ever changes in teaching, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and he says Mr. Feeney is incredibly predictable, and he he gives a spiel about how like when when Feeney walks into the cafeteria he's gonna he's gonna uh, take a sip of the water fountain, get some coffee, gonna flick his mustache, flick his mustache, which we have seen in previous episodes, right? Yeah, I trust you've done your homework, Mr. Matthews, mm-hmm. and ask that question. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Feeney does pretty much play that out, uh, but when he asks Corey if he did the homework, yeah, what's the response? Do you it remember? was. Uh... I did, but my sister ate it. My sister ate it, yeah. And then he says it in sync, in unison with Corey. Yep. And calls Corey predictable. And calls him predictable, exactly. Uh, So after that, um, we get our intro, and we're in the classroom. And they're actually talking about social studies, which made me chuckle a little bit after our discussion about how social studies was handled with you (laughs) in one district. Yep. (laughs) Um, So, and he says outright, uh, the topic is prejudice, and that they're going to be covering black slavery, uh, the Jews in Nazi Germany, and uh, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And he tells them that their assignment is to read uh, the first 30 pages of presumably which is the diary of Anne Frank. Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Corey is making outbursts like uh, like when he gets the book he's like ah just it's a book about some dumb girl or mm-hmm. something. Uh, the the bell rings and um, Mr. Feeney calls Corey up to his desk and basically tells him that he's tired of his little outbursts and that mm-hmm. he's making he's making his job difficult. With yes. all those little comments and stuff. And then Corey uh, basically uh, recalls like the previous conversation kind of where this happened with the with the boys. And he says, now, I, I just thought that you would uh, want me to spice things up, make things a little more challenging. Because mm-hmm. otherwise teaching is the same thing every year. The only thing that changes is the students. It's the same material. And I have to say how Feeney handled this situation was a lot more respectful than like other things that he's called students out on. Because mm-hmm. he didn't say it in front of other students. And he talked to Corey before he talks to the parents. That's right. So a lot more respectful, and that's more a lot in line, more in line with what we should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, one thing that Corey did say to him was, he said he's in the room with him for 35 hours a week. I brought this up in like an episode or two ago Mm -hmm. about how he's in the the same class with him basically the entire day. Yeah. Um, And and he says uh, says that he makes... With all the homework he does and the chores he does around the house, Corey said he makes about $5 a week. And he says, Mr. Feeney, I bet you make that in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was minimum wage around then. Dude, I think it was actually less than (laughs) minimum wage. It might have been like $5.15 or $5.50 or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mr. Feeney is like, yeah, that's why I have that. That's why I'm able to afford the uh, the Ferrari in my driveway. Mm -hmm. And Corey's clearly not picking up on this. (laughs) And is like, you don't have a Ferrari. And he's He's like, like, yeah. A gremlin. 
Yeah, it's a gremlin. Dude, what's a gremlin? I have no idea. There, there's, I'm um, not a car guy. There's, a, there's an old Simpsons episode that references a gremlin, too. Mm-hmm. I've heard it more than once. Uh, we're going to have to look that one up. Um, so, so Feeney proposes this wager to Corey um, mm-hmm. just right out of the blue, it seems like, uh, to, to prove his theory. And they're going to trade roles. So, so Feeney is going to be a student and Corey is going to be the teacher. And uh, he tells him that if if more people and he's going to, like, basically going to teach one class for a week, right? Yeah, the social and, studies lesson. Yes, about prejudice. And if if more kids pass the test at the end of the week, Corey wins the wager. Mm-hmm. If more kids fail, then Corey loses the wager. And I just wrote like, wow, <laughs> like wow, he's going to put the fate of these other kids and whether not they pass or fail in Corey. Yeah. <laughs> that is really messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you can't do that. Could you imagine like going home and being like, "Yeah, I failed my test." To your parents, <laughs> oh well, you know how'd it go? Well, you know, Corey was teaching. Well, who's who's Corey? Oh, Corey's one of my classmates. Yeah, <laughs> and like wait, you mm-hmm. mean the eleven-year-old kid you're in class with taught your class? That would be a phone call to the principal, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the board of education or something, almost immediately. Yeah, that's not how we do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, and that's not a good classroom management strategy. No. You can have students teach things um, like how we normally do it, gradual release, where mm-hmm. we teach in front, we'll like lecture, we'll talk, we'll model our thinking in front of the students, like 15, 20 minutes, longer when you first start a lesson, mm-hmm. and then you gradually release responsibility to the students where they're doing it with you, so you're doing it together, sure. then eventually they're doing it on their own. And right. once they're at the stage where they've learned it, they've practiced it, and then you can have them teach it. But you're not necessarily having them teach it to the whole class. Maybe you have them teach one-on-one, and you have them partner with somebody that's still struggling. Right. So, Like everyone maybe learns a topic and then shares it for common knowledge or something. Yeah, yeah it, he's literally going to mm-hmm. let Corey control the fate of these other kids. Who has no interest in the subject whatsoever. Yeah, and Corey is game because he thinks he can actually pull this off. And then Feeney says, how about we make this a little more interesting? <clears throat> then the scene fades out. So we come back and we're in the living room. And, uh, well, first, bef- you know what, before I move on, anything the else race. you want to say about that scene? Uh, no. But- okay, well, the race is the race is coming. So uh, mm-hmm. so um, Amy and Alan are on the couch. I'm sorry, Amy and Morgan are on the couch. And Eric shows up with a new girl, I guess. Uh, yeah. Not re- Linda. Yeah, Linda. Um, Linda. <laughs> Morgan says she's uh, she's five and a half years old. Linda says, I'm Linda, and I'm 15 and three quarters. Mm-hmm. And immediately Morgan's like, oh, I like her. Um, so uh, Amy, wanting to give Eric and his new, I guess, study buddy, which is technically what she's supposed to be, yeah. some privacy, asks Morgan to go into the kitchen um, mm-hmm. to fix a snack. And, uh, and Morgan's like, no, I want to spend more time with Linda. And Amy says she needs help, and... And Morgan says, you're just going to have to learn to be more like self, self or more independent or something yeah. and more self-sufficient. Um, so uh, since Morgan believed that Linda was the new girlfriend, even though Eric, you know, is refuting that. Yeah, um, I think um, Morgan likes to embarrass Eric. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think she knows exactly and what she's, she's doing. she's very good at it, yeah. She knows exactly and what she she's asks, doing. So Linda asks Morgan, uh, does Eric have, is there a lot of old girlfriends? And Morgan mm-hmm. says, billions. <laughs> he gets around, man. Um, so, uh, you know, Eric Eric is uh, standing firm on the fact he just wants to study. Um, 
Amy comes out and says the snacks are ready in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. uh, it turns out it's ice cream. That's yeah, they're pretty... getting it's getting cold. No, it's ice cream. Oh, it's getting it's warm. getting warm. Yeah, yo, ice cream is an awesome snack. I, I wrote that too. I mean, like, I figured you get like pretzels or chips or some Chex Mix or something mm-hmm. like ice cream. <laughs> Just starting off, that's awesome. Um, so Corey shows up with his bicycle helmet on, coming through like the the, the back doors, like the double doors, right? Mm-hmm. And as you said, he had been racing his dad. Yeah, right. His dad was driving, right? Yeah. Okay. Could have easily run him off the road. <laughs> His dad like comes in, almost seemed like he's a little bit exhausted, maybe because he ran up to the door or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, he. It sounds like he let Corey win mm-hmm. um, this race. Corey says like he could hear his dad's engine really revving up the hill or something, and uh, Corey. Th- tells his parents about this bet because he's really excited because he thinks he's going to be rich he thinks he's going to win the bet yeah get one-fifth of a feeney's weekly salary as he explains it Mm -hmm. because he's teaching one class which makes sense and the parents are obviously skeptical of Mm -hmm. this right uh as Corey walks away and goes upstairs alan says to amy why does feeney want that bike because (laughs) the other part of the wager that i neglected to mention until now is that if Corey loses feeney gets his new bike yeah uh, I, I can't imagine he ever actually wanted the bike. And and Amy says to Alan, I'm sure this is just one of those Feeney lessons. He's not actually going to take the bike. And and Alan says, what if the lesson is that he wants that bike? <laughs> um, it eventually fades out with basically uh, Alan being a little skeptical and Amy just trying to be patient with the situation. Yeah. Any other comments on this one? No. The same? All right. So we go to the classroom and Feeney is in Corey's seat. And, uh, and Corey walks up to him, just kind of confirm the details that he's the teacher, he sets the rules, you know, it's, it's his way or the highway, and Feeney's like, yeah, absolutely, you know, this is your classroom. And, um, and Minkus is, notices that Corey's, like, Corey reveals that he's teaching the class, and Minkus is immediately very nervous. He's like, Mr. Feeney, what's going on? And, and Corey says that, uh, like, rule number one, I believe, is you can you can all wear your baseball caps if you want to. Like, the, the rule about no hats is gone. Mm-hmm. And just about every boy in the class pulls out a hat. Yeah, did you notice the Mets hat? No. Do you think Corey would have let a Mets hat in his classroom? <laughs> he shouldn't. He, <laughs> he really would have been the rule. Like, that's got to go in the trash. <laughs> Any Philly fans today would have been like, F the Mets, and like, <laughs> threw it out. Yeah, th- there was a lot of different colored hats. I didn't, um, sometimes like the quality is not real good, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't really paying attention to that. I did notice because I had talked about this before we even started watching that. I didn't think there was a lot of Philadelphia Eagles representation and Sean was wearing one he of the was. classic Kelly Green Eagles hats. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the old the bird logo. Eagle. Yeah. yeah. Not just the head. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, mm-hmm. but apparently every kid has a hat. I didn't, I wasn't a hat kid. I didn't have hats. Like, I, no. And in our circle of friends, we might've had like one hat kid. So anyway, <laughs> hat kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also uh, since uh, he tells the class to call him "Hey, dude" from now on mm-hmm. and writes on the board, oh, whatever. I just remember that being the show with that old ranch show. Yeah, the name of that old ranch show. Yeah, hey, old dude. cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> right around the time of Pete, Pete, and yeah. Pete or Pete At- and Pete. Or, <laughs> no, I'm thinking Ed, yeah. Ed, and Eddie, and then this one was Pete and Pete. As we've so. been doing these shows, I have thought like many times. I wonder if we should review this other show. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back and correct myself one more time. We talked about um, Heather. Remember Heather? Yes. I said I, th- I thought maybe she was saved by the bell as a blind, as a blind girl. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, finally remember what it was. It was California Dreams. 
Do you remember this show? No, and I'm surprised it's something you would watch. Dude, it came on after school. It was like uh, it was like four or five kids of different walks of life. So one who was supposed to be cool, you know, some dorky mm-hmm. kids, whatever, cheerleaders. Sounds um, like the breakfast club. And one of each color, basically. You got the mm-hmm. blonde girl, you know, the Italian guy, like mm-hmm. the, the, the black guy. And then you got the Asian girl, I think. Um, and the, the gimmick was they sang in a band. And mm-hmm. the band was called California Dreams. It's supposed to be a rock band, but it was really lame. It would be kind of like calling Coldplay a rock band. It just doesn't work. Um, but as one, I was like, there might be other shows we have to do this with if we if we continue like doing this mm-hmm. podcast, especially a show that we haven't watched before, like Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. Yeah. Like if we could somehow suffer through it. Anyway, so Topanga asks if uh, if the dress code if the whole dress code is up for the de- for debate because she wants to wear something more like um, more ethnic. I think she says like mm-hmm. a sari or. Uh, uh, Perego, um, Perago. Per, I forget what the word is. Pariah or yeah. something. I don't know. Um, and uh, and Corey's only stipulation is as long as you don't show up naked. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, so Minkus at this point is getting frustrated and wants to get started with the lesson. And and Corey said, "All right, well tonight's homework is to read the first thirty pages mm-hmm. and Diary and Frank." Stuart gets upset because that was last night's homework. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he he doesn't want to and. That's where Corey explains it's like a second chance for the average kid who doesn't necessarily do their homework every night. And Minkus is like, well, I do, did my homework you know, on time like I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Corey says to him harshly, you know what your homework assignment is? To get a life. I want you to go home and get a life. Uh, anything about this before we move on to the next? I mean, that's my story. favorite thing to say to students. <laughs> <laughs> um... And the whole time, Feeney was just sitting in Corey's chair, just kind of chilling uh, for this period. So, mm-hmm. I guess after that class ends, they must switch roles. You know, Corey yeah. sits down or whatever. We don't really. And get then Feeney has transition. to erase "Hey, dude!" Yeah. off the board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next scene, uh, they're in the kitchen, and Eric has this Japanese lantern, which he explains is a legit Japanese lantern from Tokyo, mm-hmm. and it's from Linda for Morgan. Uh, Morgan loves it and uh, runs away with it. Um, Alan mentions how nice it is, um, and uh, this is really just to establish the fact that uh, she's that she's Jap- Japanese mm-hmm. for no other reason. Because Eric then says, "All right, I'm going to go um, upstairs and call Linda." Mm-hmm. And Alan's like, "Weren't you just there?" He's like, "Yeah, well, that was ten minutes ago." And you know, he runs up to his room to go call her. So Corey walks in, and he explains that the, the class he taught it was like having a party. I mm-hmm. guess a thirty-five, forty-five minute party, or just or sixth grade class, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he explains that Feeney was, that, uh, Sean taught Feeney how to play poker with gum. For gum, yeah. For gum, yeah. Um, w- and, um, and that's where Alan was like, well, what about the actual teaching? When are you going to get around mm-hmm. to teaching the lesson? And Corey said, the teacher doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> you just got to <laughs> read the book and pass the test. So what do you think about that, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many ways that's inaccurate. <laughs> First off, like, yeah, we have materials to teach, and mm-hmm. we use that as the basis for instruction. Mm-hmm. But as te- the students are doing the material, I'm evaluating, like, 
how well they understand it, and then how I can go back and change things so they can understand it. Mm -hmm. Not every kid learns the same way. Not every kid's going to learn from reading a book or me talking about it. So I need to find ways to bring it back and have them have an experience with it. Absolutely. Or a different way for them to look at it through different perspectives. Yeah. And sometimes we have to do that on the fly because I can look at a class until I'm losing them <laughs> and thinking, <laughs> all right, they don't understand the way I'm teaching it. Yeah. How else can we look at it? Yeah. And it's all right to take a step back and look at it. Sure. And, and I'm not just reading a book. <laughs> right. And we, we even covered in a previous episode how the textbooks are out of date and stuff. So obviously, Diary and Frank is uh, more of a... Um, yeah, that's uh, not going to Autobiography. Change. So, yeah. The book but, is the book. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But still, you know, it, his overall statement that you just read the book and and learn the material. Yeah, good luck with that, Corey. Because so far, you're a C average student anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, so Corey, so Alan's like concerned like if if Corey actually read the book and he's ready, like mm-hmm. is prepared to teach this material. Corey says he skimmed the book and it's about prejudice, but mm-hmm. it's that. But he, he kind of dismisses it as something that existed a long time ago. Yeah, it doesn't really apply to this present day, and that's where Alan's like, "Oh, really?" Because nah, he believes that Corey's going to figure out or naive. Yeah, you yeah, know, he's a kid. Um, Alan then wants uh, wants to discuss like the. The, the details of the wager with him again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, well, so it doesn't sound like you're trying very hard um, to make sure that everyone does well. And he asks, uh, who made the test? Well, Feeney made the test, right? Mm-hmm. And is it graded like, on a curve? Is it graded on a curve? Well, and Minkus would destroy that curve anyway. So it's would. not like Feeney's going to do anything he would. by well, taking the does, test. Does having more than one person score really high affect the curve, or is it just the first person I with don't, the highest score? It's usually the highest score um, will set the grade, but... Yeah. For me, we don't teach, um, we don't grade based on percentages in our elementary school. It's standards based. Yeah. So we have a standard and it's, is the student meeting the standard, approaching it, or are they struggling with the standard and we'll grade them cool. based on each standard that they're supposed to be learning. Also, like so. there's, there's an assumption here that like a curve can actually be harmful. A curve is only helpful, it right? Can. Because like the, the highest grade. Mm-hmm. So basically if the highest score is a 90%, that's the new, that's like the, the highest score you could possibly achieve. Doesn't that technically bring up everyone's scores? So if there is, so there's extra credit, maybe it could bring everyone's grade down. So if Feeney scores 105% on the test, his grade goes down to 100%. And then everybody else's grade could go down 5%. Really? So depending on how effect. he does, it, how, depending on how he does the curve. And when I was in school, guess, it really so. wasn't a thing. No. I don't. It could only help when we were in school. I could think of maybe one teacher grade on a curve, and I couldn't even tell you who it was. Mm-hmm. No one ever really did that. No. But it's it's interesting because I feel like in these TV shows, that sort of thing is is considered fairly normal. And we know mm-hmm. what it is. Well, yeah. we have some idea of what it is. Yeah. Like not, I said, not it's not something, something I use. It's yeah. our students understanding or are they not understanding. So as so. Alan's basically asking these questions that Corey's struggling to answer, and Alan's assuming the answers are true, like, did Feeney make the test? Does he grade on a curve? And Corey's like, huh? And Corey's like, what are you saying? And Alan's like, your bike is basically as good as gone because mm-hmm. Feeney's going to nail this test. So, But like you said, Minkus would, would yeah. impact it anyway. We're going to return to the classroom here very one moment. Yeah, but... Oh, I, yeah, go ahead, sorry. I was going to mention the playing poker for gum, and they're going to get into this later with the juicy fruit and the chiclets. Yeah. Like, where would you rank that on the continuum of gum? Is that, like, low-value gum <laughs> oh, or high-value gum? <laughs> yeah, so uh, juicy fruit's one of those things that... 
I feel like some people really didn't like it. Yeah, it's great it was, for five seconds. It was delicious, but only at first, right? Yeah. Just like the bubble yum, the big square mm-hmm. like per- grape ones. It was so good. Like just made you salivate as you ate it. Yeah. And then it was the flavor was going. It was just like chewing on putty. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oof. But Chocolates I, have more of an effect because the minty flavor will last longer. Yeah. But they're so small. I, I feel like the what, bubble yum. And what was the other one? Like... Um, there's a lot. There's a double mint gum. Um, the, the the other ones that were just like the bubble yums. There was another one like that. They had all these crazy flavors. Wait. Okay. Well, uh, when you say crazy flavors, remember the zebra gum? Yes, that was awful. That, those were really good. They were for the tattoos. But they barely lasted. But they didn't <laughs> yeah, that's why they were bad. Yeah. But Juicy Fruit I always thought was really good. I just didn't... But I didn't leave a... didn't leave a, a taste in your mouth. Like, mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't feel like you had good smell and breath when you were done. Yeah. At all. So... Um... Anyway, uh, so <laughs> so uh, Corey is now desperate in the classroom to try to do better and win this wager because mm-hmm. he's had that, that frank conversation with his father about losing his bike. So he asks Sean to cooperate, and Sean really wants nothing to do with it, and um, he's just going to play, you know, continue to play poker with Mr. Feeney. Topanga yeah. sits on the floor with a yoga cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, that Corey refers to as a yogurt cushion. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess back then yoga wasn't as common. No, like but I don't nowadays, know when that exploded. Knows what that but is, right? Like yeah. yoga pants, you know, the yoga cushions. You're right, they definitely explode, right? Mm-hmm. And avocados too. Yeah, like sushi we talked about previously. <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. They're, it's a lot bigger now. Yeah, avocados. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't get avocados, man. I love They're avocados. basically flavorless. I don't get it. Really? <laughs> well not like maybe not flavorless. I just I never I don't really opt to put them on something, but some people love it so much. I don't understand. It's just yeah. this fatty paste you put on stuff. I don't get it. it tastes good. <laughs> I guess. All right, so, um, and as uh, as uh, Topanga moves her desk to sit mm-hmm. on the floor, Minkus moves his desk too, but he's hopping on one of those bouncy ball things. Like yeah. Like the handles. What do you call those things? I don't know, but in school, when we have seats like that, we call it flexible seating. Flexible seating. <laughs> so, no, in years past, teachers would do like, balls that the students could sit on those like giant yoga balls and what okay. like Minkus has or cushions or different like styles of seating other than chairs well Minkus has as a toy yeah and you would let kids sit on that stuff in class? yes oh, that's interesting yes because you could fall off yeah well the it's actually good for your core to sit on things like that <clears throat> and for certain students that have like adhd they can kind of wiggle in it Okay. And move around without distracting students as much. That actually so, makes sense. Um, I mean, you have to have pretty good classroom management to utilize stuff like that. Sure. Because you don't want the kids playing with it. So That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Uh, so Corey's just trying to get through the roll call, and no one's listening. Um, <laughs> he calls Topanga's name, and she says that she only answers to this name that could I could only describe as a meow without yeah. doing this horrible sound uh, on this microphone. Yeah. Um, and he's like, all right, I guess present, but not all here or not all there. Uh, Sean won't respond at all. Uh, Feeney shows up late. So I was trying to figure out the order that he was calling roll in because it wasn't by, yeah, it wasn't by first name or last name alphabetically, (laughs) unless he was starting at the bottom of the list. So here's what it was. Uh, he was only going to call names that we've heard on the show before Yeah, (laughs) and in any order that he won. But this is only like Topanga's what? Second or third episode. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think she was even in the previous one, right? No. The grandma one? No. Mm-hmm. So Phoenix shows up and he's got a Phillies jersey on mm-hmm. and a ball cap, which looks like a Phillies jersey, but I don't really see a Phillies logo it on it. It was a Phillies jersey, but it was not a Phillies hat. It's just white. Like I had like mm-hmm. a, might have had a blue brim if I under, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't remember, but it was lame. Yeah. So lame. this is <laughs> <laughs> So uh Feeney says he was like 
doing something with his homies, I forget, but obviously yeah. you know, it just sounded funny. Um, and he sits down to play poker with Sean. Um, and Corey yells at Minkus for doing origami. And Minkus says, you know, why do you call me Minkus? I'm tired of calling everyone by, they're calling me by my last name when you call everyone by the first name. So call me Stuart from now on. Is this the first time we got his first name? I don't know, but I have to say it was a flamingo, right? That was yeah. not on par with his uh, biplane. No. That <laughs> <laughs> looked like a kindergarten yeah. <laughs> While the biplane was like a perfect rendering, a perfect like interpretation of a plane. Well, I guess with this, propeller. this is just supposed to be a more uh, slacking, get a life version of Minkus, I guess. So he steps down his origami from working Wright Brothers plane to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, flamingo. <laughs> uh, and as the, as the scene fades out here, Corey's lost control of the classroom. Well, I never really had it. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since he basically turned it into a party. Any comments before you keep going? Um, once you lose a class, the class is gone. It, it's yeah, day one. You mm-hmm. need to get get that under control. So we come to the living room, and Corey's actually sitting on the couch reading a book, and um, he talks to his dad about how no one will, will pay attention. And Alan suggests like setting himself apart, kind of like what you were just saying, mm-hmm. being more authoritative, you know, trying to just not be one of the kids in the class. Yeah. And Alan, after giving that advice, just heads upstairs. Um, and then Eric shows up with Linda, and Linda's crying. Yeah. And uh, Amy and Morgan come into the into the room, and uh, and Morgan asks why she's crying, and and Eric explains that some jerk at the mall called her some sort of racial slur. So, um, and <laughs> Morgan's way to help relate with. Uh, um, with Linda is to say, a <laughs> uh, boy at daycare once called me poo poo head. Um, which Linda like kind of smiles like under mm-hmm. her tears and says, you know, thanks Morgan, you know, for, for trying, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, Amy takes Morgan to go get some hot cocoa for them, which is like the ultimate make people feel better thing. <laughs> hot cocoa, I guess. <laughs> I guess they were out of ice cream too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've watched in South Park recently and uh, as I always do, and they do this. They had this uh, episode all about like security systems and the police, mm-hmm. and they say every time, every time the police show up after a situation, they bring blankets and cocoa. And I've seen that in a bunch <laughs> of shows before. What's with that? Like someone brings into your house or like tries to kill or like rape somebody, so they show up with blankets and, and hot chocolate. There is something very comforting, <laughs> comforting. about hot hot chocolate, but it's interesting. Here's a teddy bear too, I guess. But um, so Corey is. As he's reading the diary of Frank, he's shocked and he says something like, this happened like today. Mm-hmm. And, and implication like in, in our day and age, yeah. in this neighborhood. Yeah, 30 years ago from today. Yeah. Um, just for the record, I have no idea what she was called here. Neither do I. I cannot I, think of it. Um, and I'm glad they don't cover it. It's really not necessary. Yeah, it's not but, language I use. Uh-uh. I'm ignorant to it to yeah. some respect. Which is good. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the next scene, you know, this this really struck Corey, and after mm-hmm. you know what his dad said and his attempts in the classroom, fear of losing his bike. So his motivations are going to go now from I want to lose my bike, I yeah. want, and I want the money to, oh, you know, this is a real thing. Yeah, um, I can teach. And something. this affects people that I know. So Corey's in a suit at, at, in class next. I guess wearing it all day, not even just for the one <laughs> class, right? Um, and he asks Minkus for help to try to get him to focus because maybe if he does, others will. And Minkus dismisses him, and he's like, well, why would I do that? You made fun of Mr. Feeney, you disrespected him, you said he makes too much money, yeah. so you're not getting any help from me. Which, mm-hmm. he's right. You know, that sucks, but he's right. Yeah, and that's not the, the kid that you would necessarily want to set the example. Like, right. 
because we can see they're not going to follow him. Yeah, student don't follow he's always like right. Yeah, Sean would be like the, probably the, the yeah. target, but he didn't listen in the last class in the last class yeah. either. So, but he tried. Tried to basically go for the one of the most pure ones. Yeah, Topanga would have been a good one too, but who knows what kind of space he had, <laughs> had space she would have been in anyway. So uh, Corey starts talking about prejudice, and he explains the story that uh, you know this really nice Asian girl, as he described it, you know, got called a racial slur at the mall. Um, Feeney is, uh, playing poker with, with Sean and, um, and Feeney starts to, to tune in yeah. to what Corey's saying. Cause he's like, all right, well, he's learning from me. So yeah. he turns around, he's, he has his focus on him. Um, uh, Corey's being very sincere, but no one's listening. I did notice Feeney's shirt says meatloaf on it. I did notice that. Yes. Well, is that the, the meatloaf, the artist? Like yes. This? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I've never seen a meatloaf shirt before. Um, <laughs> Was meatloaf uh, something that you'd like be embarrassed to be into? Uh, uh, is meatloaf cool? I don't ever? know when. I mean, he had those two really big hits, but I thought they were late '80s. I could be yeah. wrong. Um, I but. F- I feel like he he might do better now, like because there was a. Uh, we are getting away from that. You have to look a certain way to be a successful music artist. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you know, people like Adele, mm-hmm. Lord. Um, Ah, oh, what's that guy with the red hair? Maybe like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And this, um, oof, I'm losing the name. There, there's a guy that shows up on the radio now. I think the song's called like in the, the Day Bleeds or something. Yeah, um, it's... Yeah, they're, they're, they're breaking down like the, uh, that image that you have to look like a traditional pop star to mm-hmm. be one. So I feel like Meatloaf with his powerful vocals would have, as long as the, you know, the music was modern. Yeah, I mean, he was really pretty well. big, pretty big in the 80s. Was he? He was pretty big in the 80s. Okay. But I still feel like Feeney got that out of Salvation Army. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know where they get these wardrobes, dude. They should just put him in the Phillies jersey again. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It looked kind of like a Phillies jersey because it was all white and it mm-hmm. said meatloaf. It was like a sweatshirt. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> um, so Corey, uh, so, um, as Sean's trying to get Feeney to focus, Feeney has to be dealt out of this hand. Yeah. Um, I think also this is the first time we hear that he's... Uh, his chips are Rolaids instead of gum <laughs> like when yeah. he's playing poker mm-hmm. and so Corey's about to go up and walk out I don't know where he's going to go but he's about to leave the room and he stops and he turns and he looks at Feeney and they have this various, very serious glare back and forth and Corey turns turns back towards the classroom and asks Sean what his mom's maiden name was mm-hmm. and he says Cordini <laughs> and that's where Corey says uh, so wouldn't that make you a WAP and yep. Sean's immediately offended. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, I got Italian in my blood, and if anyone ever called me that, I don't think it would bother me one bit. But I, I do know we need the effect here. Yeah, <laughs> like, and there's certain words that are more, more powerful, but they're not appropriate. This probably isn't a very powerful one, mm, right? I, I don't know. Like, right. it, it depends on the individual and how they take to it. So generally, yeah. not a word. Right. That you throw around. <laughs> right. So um, so Sean gets really fired up fast. Mm-hmm. And he asks Feeney, like, what he's going to do about it. And Feeney's like, well, he's the teacher. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Which is a very irresponsible stance to take here. But he's trusting they're going to work it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, from for Corey, it's a good attention getter to get it the works. class's attention. It absolutely Not works. something Feeney could do, but it's something Corey could do. Yes. Um, you're right. That's so. a good point. But it is a great way to get the class's attention, mm-hmm. just to say something that's so unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Sean's about to, it tells him that he's going to knock his head off. Yeah. And, uh, and Corey says, what if you couldn't? 
And Sean's taken aback by that. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, and he says, like, what if you couldn't do anything about it when someone says something like that to you? And yeah. he just he just blurts out, a 15-year-old girl is dead. And then he walks up to the front of the classroom and says, doesn't anybody care? And as you said, like, the class is not paying attention, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and he goes into uh, the death of Anne Frank, and he says they the way he pronounces it is, and this is I, this is one of my favorite moments between him and Feeney, right? Because he says she was killed uh, because of anti-Semitism, is how he says yeah. it, something like that. And Feeney very respectfully, respectfully, and wanting to help him says yes. anti-Semitism, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, or anti-Semitism, either way, yeah. however you say anti, the rest of it is really not, not up for debate, and. Uh, and Coy just says, thank you, Mr. Feeney, mm-hmm. and and goes on. Um, and I thought it was a very mature response by Corey. And uh, and Corey's point here is that, you know, when when one person's insulted, especially, like, when it comes to, like, uh, mistreating someone due to race, it's yes. not enough that one person. Exactly. Which, in this case, is Sean, stands up. We all need to stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think about this until right now, but just how current that is <laughs> right now um, dude it's, it might be more current than it's been in decades absolutely it's something yeah. that still stands and mm-hmm. more like you said relevant today yeah 30 years later 28 years later yeah. after this was filmed i wouldn't have expected that Mm-mm. from this show um which this show like you know in a season or two they they they, they poke fun at like someone being gay or whatever as yeah. if like that's a joke so it's not always as that wasn't exactly progressive, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of the shows on ABC covered race in some way. Yes, Family Matters had a very powerful episode powerful about one, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're uh, yeah, they're they're not shying away from it, and that's that's under the same umbrella, right? The ABC umbrella, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then Corey reads like uh, a quote um, from the book, and he says, "Despite in spite of everything." I still believe that people are good at heart. So speaking mm-hmm. in Frank's words, I might not have had that perfectly, but that's the the general yeah. idea. Um, since it's a powerful scene, anything else you want to add to that particular classroom? Um, I mean, you pretty much covered what I wanted to talk about. That quote that he said was absolutely powerful. Mm-hmm. The one where he said, "It's not enough that one person stands up." Yeah, and like you said, so important today. Mm-hmm. So important today. Yep. So uh, we fade out and uh, we fade back in, and we're in the classroom again. And uh, and Feeney's at uh, Feeney's at his desk, and Corey approaches the desk, and mm-hmm. and Feeney reveals that uh, that it's a draw. The same amount of kids passed and failed the, the test. Uh, Corey's shocked that some kids still failed. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because of the powerful nature of the material, not because of how good he is a teacher, but just like you know, this is something that mm-hmm. maybe should have clicked with more people. And Feeney says, like sometimes it doesn't matter um, like how good a teacher you are. Um, and he said that uh, he believes Corey actually did an excellent job because, like, for example, Sean got a full grade higher. Mm-hmm. And that's where Corey notices he actually got a B. Um, I think it was maybe even a B plus um, on the test. And uh, and uh, Feeney explains you now how Corey, like, learned something, you know, by this experience. You yeah. know, and Corey's like, yeah, you're right. And he did, really didn't even think about it, how he was still being taught, you know, through the whole thing by teaching. Um, and... And near the end here, uh, Corey, a fiend that kind of tries to relate with Corey and says, you know, as a teacher, in time you get to, you, you 
over time, you learn to deal with the lack of respect, minuscule pay, unruly <laughs> students, things of that sort. And then offers Corey a rolling. <laughs> That's an antacid, right? I guess so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I've taken antacids, never rolling brand. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Like a Tums? Um, yeah. Any comments about that? Since, um, Especially as a teacher. So... You, you learn to work around the students that don't behave the way you expect them to. Mm-hmm. Um, you reward them when they do mm-hmm. to try to cultivate that responsible behavior. Yep. Um, every student's not going to pass. Mm-mm. Not every student's going to understand the way you teach something. And like I said, you try to look at it through different lenses to reach them. Yeah. Um, so, no, but there's a lot there to agree with. Absolutely. So, um, the next scene, um, so this is basically like the end of the main story of it. Yes. So the next scene is the, uh, like the, the post. On the couch. Post commercial scene, right? Like, yeah, like the, almost like the end credit scene. And they're on, so, uh, uh, they're in the living room and Eric's on the couch and well, he, he sits on the couch, mm-hmm. uh, where his mom already is and explains that now he's dating a cheerleader. Dating a cheerleader. And she's like, oh, what happened to Linda? He's like, oh no, it is Linda. He's like, that's the good thing about, I was smart enough to get in early, you know, before she became mm-hmm. popular as a cheerleader. You know, get on the ground floor as he puts it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Amy says she had a great experience as a cheerleader. And Eric is like, oh, they, <laughs> they had cheerleaders back then. <laughs> See, for me, it got cut off at the end. On yeah, ABC I had to go back and watch Disney Plus. Yeah, I do know what um, Disney Plus it tries to cut off like the, the last ten seconds or so, assuming mm-hmm. it's credits, and tries to kick over the next one. So I had to go back, fast forward to this part, and then watch it again. So then I'll, I'll go over it. So you didn't see the rest of this? No, I got to the part okay. where Amy was saying <laughs> something about being a cheerleader, and okay. then that's where it oh, started. The next man. one. All right, so because like the, the talking point is what you missed. <laughs> so um. She says what, like, uh, Eric's like what, they even had uh, cheerleaders back then, and Amy gets up and does a demonstration and does this horrible cheer, which involves Adam's high, but almost sounds like skinner rinky dinky dink <laughs> You'd have to go back and watch, dude, because I'm not going to do it and embarrass myself. Um, oh, why not? Something about skiba ba deep a and some Adam's high, mm. yay, Skimmer-rinky-dinky-dink, I don't know. It's terrible, <laughs> dude. So... <laughs> So uh, Eric's like, yeah, that's, uh, he calls it, he's like, yeah, that's cute. He's like, lame and, and dated, um, but cute. Um, then Linda comes in. And or Eric had explained previously that, look, uh, nowadays cheerleading's cutting edge and cool, much more modern. Linda comes yeah, in. They really cut off a lot. <laughs> yeah. Linda comes in and she's wearing her cheerleading outfit. And Eric's like, hey, how about you show my mom a modern cheer so she can see what it's like nowadays? And Linda does the exact same cheer that Amy did verbatim. And then Eric's like, is like, it's great. It's cutting edge. And then it ends. You know, so obviously his <laughs> response to his, his girlfriend was much more favorable. Or non-girlfriend. Yeah. Earlier not his girlfriend, now his girlfriend. Well, yeah, um, he did say dating. So definitely in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, you know, the, the study mm-hmm. date was pretty. I think even when, when she first came in, she said, oh, yeah. Look, a study date between a guy and a girl, unless they're childhood friends, you kind of assume that one of them has romantic interest anyway, so yeah. not far-fetched. Anyway, that aside, um, so they, they tried to finish with some a lighthearted scene, which I think they, they achieved effectively. They didn't end with like the, the drama, which I think is mm-hmm. a way to send the kids home happy. Yeah. Not that, the, not that it would have ended sad, but maybe a little too on a real note, mm-hmm. right? But what do you think of the episode? 
Um, I thought the message in this episode was good, and they covered it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought this episode was good. Yeah, it was. Um, it was uh, surprisingly meaningful, mm-hmm. current, like relevant um, subject matter. I, I thought it was very good. Um, I, I I know we read the diary in Frank in school. Yes, yeah, for sure. So uh, that's definitely. Uh, I feel like it's a staple, and mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's going to change over time. It's just going to be something that replaces that. But it's such it is a powerful. Yeah, because it's, it's a, a first hand perspective. Yeah. So it's not yeah. someone telling the story mm-hmm. of what happened in the past. It's somebody living in that time right. telling the story of what's going on if in I their remem- life. If I remember correctly, that diary ends with her being like, they're basically they're coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, which is it's chilling. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely chilling. Like the last thing's like they know we're here in, in the attic. I think it mm-hmm. was. So the fact that I even still remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a heavy reader, and I didn't pay attention to a lot of the stuff in, in class. I think my biggest problem is always like reading comprehension or reading retention. I would get it, but not necessarily retain it. So, so like, th- but this was is powerful. So. It's actually an issue that a lot of people have, yeah. and they don't really talk about it in schools. Like I know it more from tutoring, yeah. that um, we start reading comprehension in fourth grade, but you don't always comprehend something that you read the first time. Um, I notice I have to reread stuff. Like mm-hmm. my mind wanders as I read. Yes. Like I'm multitasking and I don't want to. So you read the words, but you're not taking not in what those attention. words are meaning. So yeah. and I um, yawn a lot. I get tired. Yeah. I'm really tired when I read. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So yeah, you read it and then maybe you go back and you look for like keywords in there yeah. and try to like refresh your memory to think about it. Yeah. But no, normally if you want to retain something, you need to hear it like three, four, five times. It, but we're not going to read something three times just to remember. Yep. So. No, it's funny. Like um, just to, I, I work in IT. We get a lot of emails. The way I usually do is like I'll skim through an email. I'll read through it once quickly for bullet points. Mm-hmm. And if I have to reply, I'll open up a new email to reply, like, you know, open up the reply and then I'll read it again yeah. in more detail and make sure like I'm replying to everything. Um, so I, I read it twice. Uh, th- there's, there's certain things that I can read in one passing, um, news articles. I like to follow some gaming news pretty lightly. Uh, I used to get like the Game Informer magazines and whatnot. Yeah. That stuff I could retain. But as far as like just reading a story, um, or when you're forced to read a story in school, always a big struggle. So my strategy in college, when I had to read and write reports on books, mm-hmm. I would get the audio version of it mm-hmm. and the actual book, like buy the book, get the audio, That's good. listen to it, follow along with the book, yeah. um, and like still follow word for word, yeah. listen to it as I'm reading it. That helps. And with certain ideas that I want to present in my, present in my paper, mm-hmm. I'd pause it when I find it in the book, Mark it down like page 37, write the quote and write everything that I'm going to need for my paper later. There you go. And that helped me like I'm listening to it, I'm reading it, and then I'm writing about it at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't really think that's cheating or taking a like an easy path. Not at all. Made it easier. You're still reading. Exactly. And it was just a lot easier for me to take that information and figure out what was important and engaged in it and just for the so. record if there's somebody who uh who just can't retain it when mm-hmm. reading it and they have to listen to it on tape as long as their material's there who cares yeah. who cares as long as you know the material like everyone's different like you have people that are dyslexic people that struggle with math mm-hmm. um and like it's just everyone's different all right anyway uh, i guess that wraps up this particular episode um and uh, we will see you for the next one